Human beings have an intrinsic value, not because of traits that they have or don't have, but because of the fact that they're human beings. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. I'm welcome, I'm welcome, Vicky. welcome. Yes, Vicky, you are. And this is Daniel Parks yes, with it me. Is. And so today's topic, again, is from one of our listeners who contacted us and said she had not heard us discuss the issue of fetal disability or special needs children and the rise in abortion of that population. And also, how do you address a mom at an abortion center who says that is the reason for her abortion? Yeah. Now, we've sort of touched, well, we have definitely touched on that in many podcasts, but we haven't dedicated a whole podcast to that subject. And we felt that was an important. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Important topic. Yeah. So she had sent an article that I read and I I posted the link to that article in the article that I wrote on, on this topic. But one of the disturbing trends following Roe v. Wade being overturned is that even some of the states that had nearly full protection laws prior to Roe v. Wade are now adding an exception yeah. for fetal abnormality. Yeah. And so when I, I liked what they said, the way that they stated the, the issue. So I'm just going to read. This is straight out of that article. You can find that article. Again, go to the article I wrote. It's it's an online publication, I think, WashingtonStand.com, okay. I think is the name of it. But so the quote is, state legislators have caved to the emotional pull of these stories. And that's the stories of, of fetal abnormality, particularly that the child, the condition of the child is truly incompatible with life. Yeah. So they're going to be either born dead or they're going to be born and have minutes, if yeah. that, to live. Yeah. Changing total protections for the unborn to protections for the unborn except, um, and then except dot, dot, dot. Right. So, in fact, when Indiana passed their nearly nearly full protection law for the unborn earlier this month, they did so specifically excluding people prenatally diagnosed with a lethal fetal anomaly, anomaly up to 20 weeks gestation. This is especially notable as prior to the overturn of Roe, Indiana was one of just six states that protected unborn children with any chromosomal um, abnormality from eugenic abortions. So they're backstepping. Yeah. They're backpedaling yeah. on full protection to now they're adding this. And and I, I'm not sure why that's happening, but the author said that this is um, a disturbing trend and we need to counter that. We need to talk about it and we need to know how to counter it. Yeah. Um, not, not, 
for you and I on the sidewalk, maybe not necessarily politically or with laws, but certainly how do we counter that when we encounter moms right. who say, my baby's going to die be- maybe before being born, but certainly after birth, the the condition is so severe. Or what we face more commonly is there is some sort of abnormality, Down yeah. syndrome being probably the most common. Um, and so they they feel that they need to kill the baby yeah. as opposed to face that. Yeah, I think for our purposes, it's it kind of a twofold issue mm-hmm. because there is there is a higher kind of higher level way to view this as a nation. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we understand and we believe that Roe v. Wade should be overturned. And ultimately, I believe and hopefully everyone that listens to this podcast believes that there should be some kind of constitutional protection for every human being, Amen. Yeah. born or unborn. Mm-hmm. You're a human being. You deserve to be protected under the law of these United States of America. Right. And again, if you're a human being, it doesn't matter what abnormalities you have. If you're a human being, you should be protected under the law. So that's the higher level thing that we really need to understand and we really need to push for as believers in Jesus. Human beings are precious. Human beings have an intrinsic value, not because of traits that they have or don't have, but because of the fact that they're human beings. Human beings are made in the image of God. Human beings with Down syndrome are made in the image of God. Human beings with trisonomy um, 18 one of those. Or 13. Right. There's these different right. fetal yeah. abnormalities that are chromosomal issues are human beings made in the image of God. Right. Right. Um, whatever the other dwarfism is another issue. Mm-hmm. There are severe forms of dwarfism that can cause mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of issues to a baby that is uh, that's born with those issues. They're still human beings made in the image of God. And so we have to have it fixed in our hearts and our minds that that is the right stance to take. Right. Regardless of what Indiana does or any other state does, the right stance to take is that human beings have an intrinsic value and deserve to be protected under the law. And we can't kill them just because um, just because of issues that they have. We can't kill them just because issues that they might cause for their family or whatever, because it really what we're doing is we're like you said. They're, Indiana is backpedaling here. Yep. You're essentially saying that human beings are precious, deserve to be protected under the law, unless they have this issue or that issue. Right. right? Now, I know it can get more granular and it can get more difficult. No one's pretending that these situations are easy to deal with. Right. Like, They're heartbreaking. We, uh, yeah. I mean, knowing to carry a baby for nine months only to know with, I, I guess, a lot of certainty that um, that, that baby – will only live yeah. very briefly. So it it is heartbreaking. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. there are things we can say or point those parents to that can help them to deal with this in a God-honoring way. Yeah, yeah. And that's ultimately the point mm-hmm. is we want to honor Jesus. Right. We want to honor God. And when you, you get a, a bad diagnosis, mm-hmm. whatever that diagnosis might be, whether it's for the baby or for the mother, right. we understand there's fear. There's concerns. Yeah. There's things that we ought to be concerned about. 
But when we go to, well, the doctor has said this, and so it's absolutely, here's going to be the result, then we don't leave any space for the Lord to do his thing, right? We don't leave any space for doctors to be wrong. We don't leave any space for God to intervene miraculously. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm thinking of a story um, just off the top of my head. I don't know all the details because it happened several years ago, but it was a couple that actually uh, me and my wife went to school with, and their child was diagnosed. And this was actually in the local newspaper from the city that we're from. Um, this child was diagnosed with um, some kind of rare brain disorder. Mm. And they were told that they should abort because this child's going to be born basically brain dead, not going to be a functioning individual. They're going to have to care for this child even if, you know, if the child even lives beyond birth, they're going to have to care for this child for the rest of this child's life. Yeah. Um, Lo and behold, the doctors were wrong. This child did have some issues, Mm -hmm. but they were not issues that merited. I mean, no issue merits killing that child, but they're not issues that merited the the level of fear that the doctors um, were really instilling in these people. Now, I don't mean to say that when doctors do this every time, are they trying to convince people to abort their child? But doctors do a lot of times operate in a spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. And let's remember, (laughs) even though some doctors think they are. No one is God except for God himself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we have to leave space for God to be God as a society and individually. We have to leave leave space for God to be God and for him to work miraculously. Yeah. And, you know, kind of where I was going with this is this is twofold. We need to understand that on a national level. We need to understand that in kind of a um, a philosophical level, right? Mm -hmm. We've got to understand every human being is precious and deserves to be protected under the law. Period. Second, though, we're going to deal with women at the abortion centers. You maybe already have those who are listening. I certainly know we already have dealt with women and uh, families that say that their child has this fetal abnormality and therefore they feel like they need to abort. And so we're going to really dig into that in this article. Um, How do you answer that? How do you give them some assurance that... God's with them. How do you give them assurance that they're doing the right thing if they turn away from abortion? How do you give them kind of the reality check that if they do have an abortion, it's not okay just because their their baby has issues, right? right so right. how do you deal with those? So we're yeah. going to drill into that. Yeah. And the first way or the first method that I always point out, you already mentioned, yeah. when Always remember the doctors can be wrong. Right. They can be wrong. We have so many stories of that. We have stories personally just in, in our time out on the sidewalk, and the Internet is filled with them. There was one that I remember. I do look for these stories yeah. on, on Facebook, on the Internet, because I remember them, and I can use those stories to to right. reassure the women that – they should at the very least get a second opinion. But um, but this story was of a baby similar to the story you told that – and they showed pictures. This These parents showed pictures of the baby's brain and there was – the baby had like a third, if that, of the brain. Yeah. The rest of the brain just wasn't there and there was a condition, what, whatever it – very rare, whatever it was called. And the um, the baby – was um was born and they did uh, living which was a shock to them because they said the condition was absolutely incompatible with life the baby was born and the doctors were just absolutely dumbfounded when they did uh, whatever scan of the baby's head because they don't know why this baby is living yeah. and the brain was like it 
grown back. They yeah. they said there was there was zero chance of that happening medically, zero. Yeah. Um, and they said it was just that it was nothing short of a miracle, a miracle, and the baby's fine. Yeah. I mean, there are issues, like you said with your friend, there are issues, but the baby is alive. I think the baby is expected to live, and the brain apparently is still developing in ways that the doctors just absolutely never believed possible. Yeah. yeah. The one caution, I would say, is that while doctors can be wrong, they can also be correct. Right. And we don't want to give a false hope that is going to put this woman on a an emotional roller coaster. Right. Yeah. Um, but we, I do think we are always called to say, have you gotten a second opinion? Yeah. Because so often they have not. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oftentimes, too, you have to understand that the doctors, because they're in a position of authority, mm-hmm. instill a lot of fear yeah. and hopelessness. And again, I don't know that they're trying to do that. I think some are. Some yeah. think that they're God. Yeah. And they think that their word is holds more weight than God's word. <laughs> But most are just trying to be, you know, they're trying to be honest. They're trying mm-hmm. to be accurate. They're trying not to give false hope. And so they tend to lean more toward the negative rather than, hey, maybe they're, maybe I could be wrong, you know? Yeah. Doctors don't oftentimes like to admit that they could be wrong and that right. medical tests can be wrong. Yeah. And um, so I think always mentioning that is important. And not doing it in such a way where you're trying to get them to mistrust their doctor, mm-hmm. right? If they're, well, I'd say this. If their doctor has told them to come to the abortion clinic to kill mm-hmm. their child, then yes, I definitely want to pit them against their doctor. Right. I do. Yeah. Because yeah. that doctor has basically affirmed the idea that it's okay to murder a child because they have a disability, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And that doctor to me is – he's went against his oath, right? Yeah. His, his oath is to do no harm, and he's decided that he's – He's going to encourage a woman to do harm to her child. He's not right. doing his job as a doctor. So I will say you shouldn't trust that doctor. Yeah. Help. Let us help you get a second opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the fear that these doctors instill because they're in this position of authority in a sense is like understandable. They're the guys that are supposed to know. They're the folks mm-hmm. that are supposed to get this stuff right. Um, and they could get sued if yeah, if this yeah. baby's born with this condition and they haven't fully warned. Right. The woman, yeah. they do That's need possible. to be able, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, we're still we're we're dealing with human life, and so we want to. To me, that's constantly what you're touching on. Right. This is a yes. human being. Whatever their issues might be, just because they may have disabilities or may not, um, they're still a human being. Yeah. But also, I want to address that this one statement that you'll hear in these um, scenarios oftentimes is mm-hmm. incompatible with life. Right. This baby is incompatible with life. This fetus, whatever terms they want to use, is incompatible with life. Right. Um, Okay. If that's the case, though, they're going to be born and their condition is incompatible with life. So they're going to die shortly after they're born. Right. That's really a self-conflicting statement. Mm -hmm. If the baby, though it might have, he or she might have complications, if they're alive in the womb, they're not incompatible with life. They're already alive. Mm-hmm. So to say that a baby in the womb, because it has this fetal abnormality, is incompatible with life, when it's born, it's going to die immediately, you're conflicting what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It can't die if it's not alive, mm-hmm. right? That baby's already alive. And I think I'd always touch on that. 
Yeah. You, you don't remedy someone's suffering by causing more suffering. Think about what an abortion does. Yeah. An abortion kills a human being. It causes mm-hmm. suffering, right? It's mm-hmm. going to stop a heart that's already beating. And so this idea that it's incompatible with life, this baby is incompatible with life, is absurd. If the baby's already alive, it's very much compatible with life. Now, we know that it's the mother's body that's sustaining that child's life. That's the way God designed it to be. Again, we've got to leave space for God to do what only he can do. Just like in situations where a child has cancer or something like that. Those are terrible situations. But we don't give the child a lethal injection because they're going to suffer with cancer, right? We we do everything we can to intervene till we can't intervene anymore. And what do we do? We leave it in God's hands. Right. Yeah. And you've touched on t- uh, two of the next main points that were brought out um, in the article that we're, we're going to be putting out with this podcast. Uh, the second thing is reaffirm the sanctity. Yeah. of human life. Always go back to that. Like you said, that should probably be the number one thing really on, on this article is the the sanctity of human life supersedes everything, yeah. everything else. And then what you said, the potential for suffering does not justify murder. I mean, honestly, the potential for suffering is true in every single human being on earth. On earth, we will yeah. all yeah. suffer. And when some of us will suffer terribly, but that doesn't mean that Murder should be the answer to suffering. Um, one of the verses that came to me was Psalm thirty-four, eighteen: "The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit." Yeah, we will suffer. All of us will suffer on earth, but remember that God is near to us through through suffering, and um, and glorifying God is is certainly the antidote, not um, not just defying God yeah. and, and killing that innocent life. One of the things, of course, related to that is is the fourth point in this article that you can use to speak to the mom. So I want to kind of give those main points to make sure no one misses them. Second opinion, remember the doctors are can be wrong. Yeah. Reaffirm the sanctity of human life. Potential for suffering does not justify murder. And the next one is that really none of us know how long we we will live. None yeah, of us. Right. So, and there are again countless personal testimonies of babies born with very serious complications, where the doctor said this baby will not live seconds beyond birth, where the baby does live. Yeah. And um, so I get the argument. I understand the argument. I don't want to carry a baby for nine months to then undergo the incredible pain of watching that child die before my eyes minutes after I've delivered. I think you cannot gloss over the suffering that will cause the mother. It will. It would be, I cannot imagine the pain of that. So I totally get that. But I think what, what is absent in just focusing on that is, but look what the blessing is. The blessing is a little human being got to know the those few precious moments of being loved and seen. Usually in most cases, the mom is able to hold that child. Yeah. The family can hold that child. And again, I have seen so many personal testimonies of moms who have faced that have had their their baby die within minutes and said while it was incredibly painful, there was so much joy and blessing in having been able to hold that child for those 
brief moments. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the most important things as it pertains to us ministering on the sidewalk when Mm -hmm. we encounter these situations Mm -hmm. is to answer it with compassion. Yes. Right, to identify with their pain. You guys have heard me talk about compassion, calm, which means with, breaking down that word, calm, Mm -hmm. the prefix with, and then passion actually means suffering. So to have compassion means to suffer with them, to enter into their suffering. Yeah. The Bible says we weep with those that weep. We mourn with those who mourn. Mm-hmm. If you encounter a mom, a family on the sidewalk that comes to the abortion center and they say, our baby has this issue. The doctor says this baby's incompatible with life. We mm-hmm. feel like we have to do this. So we don't go through all the pain. We want to identify with that suffering. We want to identify with that struggle, right? Yeah. Enter into their suffering with them. But I do think, again, these personal testimonies, whether personal testimonies like we talked about of times where doctors have been wrong, mm-hmm. but also personal testimonies of, you know, even if you go through this and that baby does die after he or she is born, is at least you love that child as much as you could and rather than coming to a place like this right. and subjecting that baby and yourself to a place that kills children for money. Yeah, that was you. You exactly touched on where I was. What I was going to add is: is you save yourself from the remorse and sorrow of having taken that child's life yourself. Yeah. At your that baby dying at your hand or at your permission at best. Yeah. As opposed to the baby dying once it was born and having experienced at least a few moments of of joy of being held and known. Yeah. By his parents. Yeah. I mean, there can be on our part, though, just so we understand, no pretense that these are easy situations. No, absolutely And no not. kind of flippant response, right. well, it still doesn't justify killing your baby. Right. That's the reality. But like I've said before, you can be you can be technically right, but, but relationally wrong. Yeah. And we always want to answer it with compassion. Yeah. And also understand, too, and this is because people will lie to you. Right. We, we've mm-hmm. talked about that, mm-hmm. what to do when we think that they're lying. People can lie to you. And we, I've heard people make up scenarios like my baby has Down syndrome or my baby has trisomy 18 or whatever. My baby's going to be dead when it, my baby doesn't have a brain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can almost always tell that they're lying when they come over to you in, in this kind of this arrogant demeanor. Most of the time, people in this scenario if they do talk to you, they're going to be super humbled, right? Broken hearted. They're going to be broken hearted. Yeah. And you can read that situation. Yeah. Um, but even if you do have someone that comes over and they're arrogant and they're prideful and they tell you their baby has this whatever issue, you yeah. don't want to push back with saying, well, that doesn't matter. You still want to answer with compassion. You still want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But oftentimes when you do encounter these situations, they're going to be humbled already. They're going right. to be broken already. Yeah. And for you guys, you love Jesus. It's not going to be hard for you to enter into their suffering with them. Right. Prayer is very important. Can I just pray with you? Sometimes mm-hmm. we always we, we want to put words in where actually we need to put prayer in. We want to mm-hmm. we want to add in opinions and our opinions and really we need to bring God into the situation. Yeah. And so I would always just say, can I pray with you and invite yeah. God into this situation? Help this couple. And like we talk about, you're praying for them, but you're also praying at them. Help this couple to see that their baby has value, is loved and known by you, and that this place is actually a place of darkness. Because to me, if they're going through a struggle like this, the last place they need to be is inside of Planned Parenthood or one of the, the Latrobe Abortion Center, where 
it's full of darkness. It's full of death. There are women in there just flippantly killing their children when they're going through one of the worst situations that anyone could be in. Right. It's the worst place that they could be, in, yeah. in my opinion, on so many levels. But um, uh, sharing personal testimonies, are, are we've already touched on that, and that was kind of the last major point of something yeah. that you can offer to them. But there is also help available, and this was new to me, actually. I'm really grateful to this reader or this listener who sent me that article because in the article, there was a resource I was unfamiliar with, and I think everybody needs to have this on their resource list. Okay. I did explore this this um, resource. I, I went to the website. I, I read all the drop-down menus, and it's fantastic. Yeah. It's called okay. Be Not Afraid. And uh, the website is on our article, BeNotAfraid.net. So it's a national organization. It's centered here in, I believe, Concord, North okay. Carolina. So it's out of North Carolina, but it is national. And it actually, its purpose is to help parents who have been given a diagnosis of fetal abnormalities. So it is first and foremost, the first thing I look for is, okay, is it pro-life? Or is there a chance they would say, well, with certain abnormalities, they would recommend abortion? That is not the case. They, they would never recommend abortion. It's, it's based on the truth that all human life is valuable and that basically abortion should never be considered to deal with the very real issues of uh, fetal abnormalities. Yeah. So some of the stuff it helps with mentors, resources, and strategies so that parents feel better equipped to welcome their child to the world. And so there's a, a case management team that will be appointed um, to, to that, those parents. And they some of the help that they provided that was listed on the website um, include a birth plan, depending on what the diagnosis is, yeah. the local resources that they can connect the parents with, education, about the disability and what the parents need to know to be able to parent this child or even just deal with the birth of the child, bereavement, how to deal with the grief following if the child does die. They even help with funeral costs if that is necessary and guidance yeah. if, if the child dies. And then they do ongoing support and contact for a full year following the child's birth. So they could be following these moms for, you know, potentially a year and nine months. Yeah, And yeah. It just, it sounds incredible, like a great resource. Resource, So everybody should look that up and get them yeah. on their, um, on their resource list in, in your area. And then the final area is not to forget. And Daniel, I know you'll love dealing with this one, the role of the church yeah. in, in, walking alongside yeah. these, these moms, these families. Yeah. And as often is said, the church is called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. We are called to walk alongside these families, again, to, to grieve with those that grieve, to mourn with those that mourn, to weep with those that weep. Yeah. And, but also practically to help these families. Mm -hmm. I, I, we have mentors all across the nation. And um, I know God is raising up people that have been in situations similar mm -hmm. to this, have seen God miraculously make connections with families that are struggling with some of the same things. God, God already has a mentor in a church in that city that can come alongside that mom who's gone through a similar situation. Um, and so just, you know, leveraging the church, the connections with the churches. Um, I know that this ministry 
Uh, it's in Mooresville. I've just looked it up. Oh, on okay, the website. it's Mooresville. So it's in yeah. so it's not not far from where we are right, right. now. Yep. And I've actually heard about them in the past. Now that mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this, um, is connected to a local church, right? This mm-hmm. is the hands and feet of Jesus. This is the body of Christ working together, coming alongside these families. So there's various ways that the church can do that. And I think one of the main things, though, is the mentor program, walking alongside these families if they decide not not to go through with the abortion, but also if they decide to go through with the abortion. We still want right. to be there with them, yeah. speaking the truth, coming alongside them, um, speaking what God's word says and turning them to Jesus. Ultimately, the job of the church is to point people to Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's what yeah. we always want to be doing for these families and what other families are are struggling with various situations. Yeah. As your scripture says here at the end of your article, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ yeah. is summed up in one word, love. Yeah. And as much as we would want someone to come alongside us in a difficult situation like that, we need to come alongside them. Amen. Amen. And and just um, I hope this article will encourage every sidewalk counselor to not be afraid yeah. to deal biblically with this situation. The death of the baby is not the answer. Yeah. Um, the abo- An abortion is not the answer to trust that that God maybe this is a good article to help, you know, empower you to feel you, you can approach these families with love and uh, biblical truth and hopefully still save a life. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, guys, we hope that this was an encouragement to you guys. We hope that this equipped you guys to be more effective on the sidewalk. If, like this article started from an email from someone who listens, we appreciate you sending in this question. And um, if you guys have something similar, a topic, something you've not seen us cover thus far in an episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky, with a Y, at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Please also leave us a review on whatever podcast service that you use. Share this podcast with others. And until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you